are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to a... We're going old school. We're going classic. And no, it has nothing to do with the fact that there's an international international break and there's a lack of... Uh, lack of news on the men's side. Nothing to do with that. And I don't know. It's totally have to do with that. Old school edition RFK Refugees podcast. This is a United 96 Kindred Spirits combined episode. Ted and John. No live show. We're, we're keeping it. We're keeping it even older school. We're going even further back. <laughs> we're episode, going like classic. five to ten, basically. <laughs> exactly. John, how are you doing, my friend? How, how are you hanging in there? I am hanging in. Ted, I'm hanging in. Uh, I don't really know. I don't know what day it is or what month it is anymore, but uh, I'm alive and I'm here in front of a microphone talking to you about some uh, some goings ons. How about you? How was your weekend? Uh, it was it was good. It was good. I um, had a had a work event in here in Lynchburg with uh, uh, my wife's coworkers. It was fun. Went out to a to a bowling alley here in Lynchburg. Apparently, that's the only thing you really do here is just go to bowling alleys. Apparently. Um, now there's a lot of more fun stuff. You got um, minor league baseball out there, I think, right? We do, we do. We also we do have a USPSL soccer team who apparently are playing their last game of the year of their regular season. I think they have playoffs, and they made the playoffs. Lynchburg FC. I think I'm going to try to check them out on Sunday. Hopefully the weather holds up a bit. But um, but yeah, I've been going good. Um, it was nice. It it, it was a little bit nice not to have uh, DC United kind of ruining the day because <laughs> I mean we're going to talk about the spirit and their struggles, but their their struggles are like obvious and their struggles are not related to the talent that's on the field it's related to that the nwsl is a masochistic organization that just wants to punish people but we'll get into that in a minute but uh the the kickers starting to put it together they had a nice three nothing win on wednesday two a little bit disappointing two two draw unable to hold on but there they seem to be coming together a lot of guys coming together so soccer wise things were things were okay it was it was an improved version than what i experienced uh, a week ago you so. had a you had a very bad weekend two weekends ago oh yeah that was that was that was, that was a, not fun <laughs> that was all the teams lose that was like heartbreaking like losses combined with like just like earth shattering losses combined with more heartbreak not a good not a good thing not a good thing um but yeah let's get into it let's talk uh i guess we'll start a little bit there, there's no dc games there is the the capital city cup john did you check out the first edition sure didn't sure didn't and i <laughs> sold did I. I gave up my ticket i gave up my ticket uh for tomorrow night yesterday so i don't have to worry about that at all anymore R- rumor i guess or discussion down the grapevine is that we could they do play tuesday um against i, I actually don't know who they i doesn't matter don't know who they don't know who they play the but we they can see more yet it could we could see some more teams. I will probably watch it. I will probably check it out. Knowing me, is it um, going to be I, televised? The last one wasn't. Uh, I think it was going to be streamed at least. Was it even like on decenter.com? I, I think it was streamed. I'm pretty sure it was. Streamed. Well, if a game was played and no one I know <laughs> has seen it, was it really streamed? I don't know. I don't even talk. I, I didn't even talk about that on the Discord. That's why I didn't know that. Well, we will have some interesting breakdown else, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about potential transfer news. It is not even july yet the transfer window is still not even open and we already got some transfer news to talk about this time about players exiting edison flores uh rumor has it that atlas are prepared to make an offer for him uh, atlas if you don't know just wrapped up their uh, back-to-back uh titles so they they have they are basically uh the the champions of mexico they have won the the i don't know if they call it like the double because they play the whole spring fall season. Apertura anyway. and Clausura. Yeah, Apertura and Clausura, so wonder, yes. So I wonder if they, they just play themselves. They normally have the, the winner <laughs> of the two. They probably just like A-B sides. I don't know. 
Yeah, no, well, they, so I think they do like, uh, they, they are advertising. I see it when I watch the MX games, they advertise like a Champions Cup type of thing between, I think it's between the Apertura and the Clausura winners to like determine, I guess, the overall champion. There's also, of course, the Champions Cup, which is between the MLS side. They will probably get a, get a bit into that. Uh, but they, they are not a, uh, they are not one of the more traditional richer sides. So. They are bargain hunters, and actually, our student producer was looking at Atlas rosters. Apparently, it's a lot of loans. Um, they are not one of the richer sides in Mexico, so they're Atlas, they're bargain hunters. Atlas also former home of Lucho Costa, former home of Lucho Costa, who they got in a free transfer. Apparently, now they are looking at potentially a transfer offer to um, offload some potential dead weight from DC United. Edison Flores apparently uh, rumored they have made an offer. It's apparently a low offer. Great but deal. We'll DC take it. Yeah, DC is considering it. John, I mean, just well, let, let, let's back away from the overall like <laughs> feeling of what we think about this. Mm-hmm. What are your give, give me some if, if you are obviously we know like both of us are on this. Other, take it like I, is it is it two dollars in a in a McDonald's gift card? Sure. Let's grab it. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Uh, offload that salary off of the designated player spot. But a question. Yep. Do you expect DC United to fill that slot? Once it's once so, it's so there's lots of conversation about that lately. And to and before we get on to that, there is entirely a possibility. It's been talked about that they want to they want to buy him. What if they want to just loan him uh, for a window since that seems to be their modus operandi, similar to DC United in sort of a loan to buy situation. Maybe they I mean, I don't want to give them any ideas, but if I'm them and I've watched I've watched Edison Flores play for DC United for the last two years. I would think a loan to buy is a smart is a smart move. I don't know if DC United wants to allow that to happen, but that aside, um, what do I think about that deal? Uh, and, oh, do I think that we'll fill that spot? Uh, I think the so the 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 sort of con- consensus among fans is that we were promised a DP this summer, which was going to be our third DP. Now it appears that if we get rid of Flores, we'll have two spots open. I think they'll still only fill the one. Yeah. I think that, that, that would be. I think they would rather have the time to to like firmly identify who that player is. Is it Gareth Bale? I don't know. There's not any. There's no new news to that, other than the fact that the team he is reportedly interested in playing in is Cardiff City in the championship. Which, if you compare that to MLS as far as being World Cup ready, I don't know. I don't. They don't. They don't seem too far. And, and again, we don't know their salary situation, but I think Gareth Bale is the one sort of interesting wrinkle because clearly, I, I mean, I have to think they made the move for the international. Not, there's a player they've identified, you know, regardless if it's Joao Rojas, who we saw earlier in the season, there's a player they've identified. There's a player they're probably already engaged in negotiations for, whether it's a transfer, whether it's a, a free signing on a free Gareth Bale maybe enters the conversation and then maybe you can sort of have your cake and eat it too, because I think the presumption was, well, it's either Gareth Bale or it's somebody else. What if it's Gareth Bale who brings you recognition, who brings you attention, who brings you media? And then you also say, okay, who who else can we bring in that can also maybe elevate this train a little bit more? And it's another forward. I, Watch it be like another forward and they, all of their three DPs are their, are their three man front line. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. Gareth Bale can play a little bit sort of I think he play a little bit back. I think he could play more of the more of the wing type of uh attacking midfield midfield role. Um but I mean that's a move I could see this team making and I could see this being like maybe that kind of ramps up negotiations if they know they're gonna offload, you know, have that open slot that they can go and use and make a huge splash uh for this team. 
we'll, we'll, we'll see it. There's a lot of taco horse, a lot of anger about ownership, <laughs> a lot of anger about ownership and what they're willing to spend. Um, it's gotten me. It's definitely intriguing. I, I think the whole, the universal response from the fan base was, "Yep, absolutely. Let's let's offload Edison Flores." I think we've all seen, uh, we've all seen enough, and I think it it gives them an opportunity to. I actually did not know. Apparently, I thought this was the last year of his contract. I don't know if COVID played a role in that. I'm pretty sure they signed a three year deal with a two year option in 2020, 2020. I'm like 95% positive I read that. I didn't know. Apparently, there's another year that's been added to his deal, also as an option. Also, as an option, so there still is an option year. Uh, they mm-hmm. didn't make they didn't make it seem like that. Okay, so there still is another another year, I guess, on his contract. Um, we'll wait and see. Uh, this is going to be, I think, an interesting off season. I think it's going to tell us a lot about what this what the front office really thinks of what they're seeing right now. Um, and I think a lot of fans are going to be upset if if something happen something doesn't happen soon. So a lot of a lot of the interesting thing is, you know, on Twitter we talked about that this move that there was some more smoke and potentially some fire. And I said, whatever you do, DC United fans, get yourself ready to see him tear it up in the oh, next yeah. league. That's going to happen. Yep. Not because he, not because necessarily the talent is, is so undeniable that it'll happen, but because that is the luck. That is how this happens. Mm-hmm. You, we, we move on from a player and they find themselves generally. That seems to be the way it works. So, but I would say the fan sentiment is that he is a nice guy that never fit this position and he's a trier and it just didn't work out. And so people are want to see the back of him. They want to see him out of get out, out of the door, but they also are not begrudging him for not trying. They're not saying that he was a problem. It just was a, a bad pick, a bad fit, and the player never really, really, really connected. And that's you know, I think that's I, very mature fan reaction. I, I truly I truly think it is I truly do wonder, you know, if if for whatever reason the pandemic doesn't happen, uh, you know, if it, whatever, you know, transpires, he picks up an injury, who knows what his I mean, you, you have to imagine this was like quite possibly the absolute worst situation to arrive in as a new signing. You come to a new club, you play two games and then everything gets shut down because of covid. You then have to adapt to living in a new city. I don't even know if his family was moved in. You know, he was probably all by himself. He literally probably doesn't know anybody, man. I guess maybe he knew Jordi Reyna. That was probably it. Um, That had to be a tough situation to come into. Uh, I have no doubt he was maybe one of the players that was on the, you know, you're not in shape during the Lasada era. I really do think it was a series of bad timings. Two coaching moves in his tenure here can't have helped either. Um, Never really, you know, getting fit, getting healthy. Some of that might be down to him. Some of that might be just down to bad luck and, and who he is. So uh, it was honestly, you know, if he goes out and is successful, I'm not going to be upset. Sometimes it's just a bad fit. Um, there have been plenty of players that leave situations and suddenly become better. It's just the nature of, you know, being happy, being active uh, sometimes. And, you know, he goes down to League MX where he actually was incredibly successful with Morelia. So maybe that's what he needs is just kind of a fresh, a fresh reboot. Mo Salah and Kevin De Bruyne come to mind for me as a Chelsea yeah. fan. I truly believe everybody talks about like they're, they're bad players. I truly believe there are no like truly awful. There are, but I mean, in most situations when a dude is signed, it's not because he's a bad player. He clearly proved himself somewhere where someone thought he had a chance. It's just sometimes the situation's not right. It comes in, you know, he can't find his, he can't find where to get his Cheerios that he wants. And he's, <laughs> and he's not happy. That's honestly read soccer, soccer apparently that's a, that's a, that's a line in that, in that, 
in that book. So, uh, but it truly comes down to happiness. It truly comes down to, um, to a lot of things. And I, I just think it was a bad, it was a bad mix for Flores. I, I would still put about, I would put, I would say honestly about like 20% him remaining here at DC, 20, 30, 40, maybe even maybe close to like a, a coin flip, to be honest, mm. because I think the team from a marketing standpoint can then use the line if they don't, if they keep him, well, we have three designated players this year. We filled the three designated player spots. See, you can't be upset. Honestly, I would, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put it past DC for that type of cynicism. Um, to do that, but I think if the offers on the table, if it's at least, yeah, that would be. I don't, even if it's a lower value, even hunt. if you take, they could try it. They could certainly try it. I wouldn't yeah. blame them for trying it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another bit of weird MLS news that for you know DC United fans were paying attention to it, uh, due to the coaching carousel that begins and continues, and DC was a part of this year. Miguel on on Hell Ramirez fired uh, from the Charlotte FC after 14 games. Yeah, uh, was notable. I think also notable, uh, you know, quasi related to this, the Charlotte FC uh, training ground was abandoned half halfway through construction because the owner David Tepper, who owns uh, Charlotte FC and also the Panthers, I believe, uh, his real estate company is bankrupt, so they couldn't finish it. So they're just not going to finish it. It's like just a half finished building that will stay there until I guess they have more money. Uh, what do we think? Uh, but I think also the real notable thing about this firing is that it came out after the fact that the DP, the Polish DP, whose name I cannot remember at this exact moment, and we could probably look up as we're going here, uh, said that he would not return if Ramirez was still the coach. And so ownership front office was like, well, we got to do what we got to do. I guess we can't. We can't have this player. We can't have this player mad at us. Uh, we. This is a. a I, I think it's wild to have player power of that extent of a new team on an expansion side in its first year to be able to get a get a coach fired. But uh, Carol Swiderski is the guy's name. Uh, so that's so that's what's that's what they're they're do, sort of dealing with. Uh, DC DC fans were interested, I think, uh, in the Ramirez firing because they thought. Maybe that means we can, uh, maybe we can bring him aboard. Uh, Ted, I, did you when you heard the firing? Did you, were you thinking Ramirez could be a good a good good fit for DC possibly, or did that not cross your mind? I, I got to be honest. I mean, I, obviously, we don't know the situation. We don't know what led to the player being fired, and I, I think it is it is telling that there is one player out there that's like, nope, I, I don't want him back. I, I don't I don't like him. I think at this point. I'm not sure I'm so high on the team hiring him or bringing him in at this point. To to me, I, I think this I think this team needs to. I, I'm just worried we're going to get ourselves into. I mean, you already hear about players being upset. This time it was like a star player. I, I I feel like you're asking yourself for trouble. He apparently also has a history of of doing things like this. The um, the thing about him I, is that he was five two and zero at home, which is pretty cool. He was zero six and one on the road. Uh, which is less cool, but <laughs> for for DC, I'm not. By the way, I'm not advocating bringing him in, but for a team that is yeah. three, four, and one at home this year, which is just a, atrocious. Uh, that Charlotte's home record is envious, at least. But I, I agree. I don't think with the player with the player relations issues they've had this year, they've got to find a coach that can maybe throw the needle a little bit better than this coach. And you almost have to. I mean, the big the biggest problem I think with with DC at this point is that. 
I mean, I've talked about this earlier. This team has never really just rebuilt. I feel like they always made they made the moves they should have made, but they made them like a year too late. A guy like Taxi, a guy like Taxi Arches uh, Funtas should have come in, should have come in last year uh, when Lasada was still getting coached. He still ha- should have had an opportunity to scout and bring him in. They didn't do that. Uh, ben Olsen should have been let go at the beginning of 2020 or before that. And they should have restarted. So we have a reboot here. You know, we've got two star players that are leaving. We've got, you know, Paul Riola. You know, we should bring in a fresh mind. It, this team is always doing things half a season too late. Maybe, you know, Ramirez is a a move you make if you're if you're thinking forward. But I think it would be very much a rushed move at this point. Um, I, I think regardless of what happens, this team makes misses the playoffs. Um, I think Chad Ashton uh, will be the coach through the end of the year. I, I firmly think that is their plan. And then once the, you know, we get to the, you know, World Cup break, whatever. I think then some things start to open up, and and you start making some moves. Um, I, I don't know what. I'll be very. I, I'll, I'll be. I'll be curious to see what the coaching search looks like for this team. Um, who the who? What names get dropped? Because I hope at this point, if if we find out Chad Ashton got the job, the job, then that that might be. Uh, being or maybe he goes to this team on Magic One. Who knows? But uh, Chris Armis. Point, just, Chris Armis will be yeah, available. No, no, stop, stop, stop. Stop. I'm just saying take, take little, I, it will be interesting. It will be interesting to see if the uh, aspiration, like, I don't know if that's the word that I want to use there, but like based on the names that do come out, we'll get to see what, you know, what they're thinking, right? What their yeah. level, what their level of desperation. Anyway, that's a, Jesse, that's a problem Jesse for next Marsh, year. Jesse Marsh after struggling for, I'd love to have Jesse Marsh. Sure. In this team. Absolutely. <laughs> Leeds United are struggling, but um so I think I, I think that wraps up our no games DC United talk. Let's get into the yep. team that did actually play some games this last weekend. Let's do it. Let's talk uh, Washington Spirit, who uh, have a uh, hellish, brutal schedule twenty twenty two. Let's should we start with the games or should we start with the bigger news? Let's we'll start with the bigger sure. news. I think I, yeah. I think that that's I think the bigger news reflects sort of the games. I think if you look at, if you, you sort of back your way out of it, um, so. We had been excited about the Women's International Cup, the ICC. Uh, it had been rumored from the very beginning the Spirit were a part of it, obviously because they were champions, so they were going to be invited. We talked about the Challenge Cup being sort of like the other tournament, the preseason tournament, and we'll just get through this, and then the real tournament is going to be in July, and that's what we're going to be excited about. Well, turns out uh, the Spirit have withdrawn from the ICC, and I believe Monterey has taken their, taken their spot. So the tournament will still proceed. The Thorns will participate. So a a a, uh, <clears throat> a a side, an American side, will be in, but it will not be the Spirit. And the quote is that after internal discussion, we've decided to withdraw. This will allow our team a brief period to rest ahead of the final third of the regular season. The ICC tournament gathers some of the greatest teams in the world, and we're honored to have been considered. So first, first blush, what do you think of this, Ted? Um, screw the NWSL in there scheduling Mm -hmm. just it's just it's it's so disappointing because we were like we were i mean who knows if this team is going to win the win the trophy again who knows if they'll get another opportunity to do this it would have been so fun to watch them play barcelona chelsea some of these other sides even the thorns and like a international tournament like those are fun things that like when you win championships you know in in men's sports like if dc wins the mls cup 
We get to be excited about them possibly going up against Liga MX sides. We're going to talk about the the League's Cup next year for uh, for MLS, which I'm I'm still excited about. Um, and I know a lot of people are there's some controversy about it. People, how much people love it? I'm so excited for that. I think that's going to be an incredibly fun month of August to like enjoy that. But that's not something we see in the women's game, and so it would have been you know incredibly fun to watch them participate. So I'm I'm actually like upset. Like I was really looking forward to this this year. I was gonna. Like sit down and watch. I was so excited to watch this. I wasn't going to travel out to Portland, but I, I was excited to watch this. And now I'm just sad and disappointed. And also on the same vein of like, well, yeah, this team needs a rest. And we saw it uh, in the game against Gotham. Like this team is just completely like exhausted. And it's utterly baffling that this team is having to go through this, that they could not come up, that NWSL could not come up with a way to at least move one or two of these games into like another part of the season. Like even if it gunks up this part of the season, like I, I I'm just so utterly baffled at the scheduling just, and, and I hope there is some, and Chris Ward's talk, I hope there is some, like some um, analysis next year about like where this, where the challenge cup fits in and where everything else fits in. We've talked about it like pretty much every week this week. Uh, the spirit are just getting absolutely just thrown through the wood chipper and they're in 10th place right now. The record's not too bad though. They have one win, four draws and two losses, like not a terrible like start in, especially considering their schedule. One of those games probably should have been a win. Um, but yep. I mean, you just, you just see it. The team is just running. They're either running out of steam in like their midweek match around 80th minute, or they're uh, getting to like the, the full game and they're just like completely out of it. And it's like, what do you do at this point? Injuries are also a huge problem. So you you just cannot have every week a midweek game and a weekend yeah. game. Like not with this roster, not with not with this team. Uh, it's it's just it's getting out of control. And you know, other fans of other teams will say everybody's dealing with this. Okay, that's fine. That's great. I'm not I'm not covering them. We're covering we're covering this team. <laughs> and this this team has been hurt uh, extremely bad. Uh, I you know. The, the the record is the record. They're staying afloat. They're keeping their head at, at water's level, and that's good. Uh, but if you just watch this team and compare it to performances either in the Challenge Cup or at the very beginning of the season, it just seems like a different team. They're not able to press the same way. They're not as dynamic in the attack. They look tired in defense. Aubrey Bledsoe looks human. It's a, you know, it's a mess. Uh, it's just we're... It's, well, it's, it's on... Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to say, I mean, yeah, sure. I guess everybody. So let, I mean, let's look at the, let's look at the, uh, at the care, the, uh, North Carolina courage, by the way, who also played, uh, played in the, in the final. Um, so they had a game, so the game, they had the challenge final on May 7th. I guess their Gotham SC game was postponed. Then they played on the 18th, the 22nd, the 29th and the fourth, and they are going to get a full week's rest, oh, nice a full week's, full week's rest up until Saturday when they play the Washington spirit, uh, the spirit have not had the benefit of any of that. I mean, they've played through several weeks. They've, I think they literally, maybe they had their other game after the challenge cup postponed. I'll have to go watch that back. Uh, but it's just, it's just in, like, I just was reading that. I'm just like, how many games have we played? We're like, what at like five, six games in the season, like well, seven hold on a second, sorry, seven games in the season. How much have the, how much have the North Carolina? North Carolina Courage have played five games, mm-hmm. five games this year, and they also made the final of the Challenge Cup. So no, I I do not 
contend that other teams in the end of the, the, the spirit are going through an unbelievable like stretch of games and just not given the benefit of any rest. And, and very just, cool it, that the courage get a week, a week rest because they're going to get the spirit playing the red stars three days at, before that. Yeah. So the spirit the have another too, midweek believe, game, right? Huh? What's that on the road, right? For the, S- for the spirit spirit on the road to Chicago. And then they're going to play yeah. once again at the wonderful environs of Segra field against the courage who will have had a week to prepare for that game. So, uh, you know, don't be surprised to see two more draws or one more draw and a loss out of these two games. There's only yeah. so much this team can do. Uh, Chris Ward and the training staff are keeping this team together with bailing wire and tape, uh, trying to get results, uh, trying to get to a point where they can breathe a little bit. And, uh, you know, I guess that's going to be after this game against Racing Louisville. They don't have a game from June 17th to July 3rd. So there's yeah. their opportunity to breathe uh, slightly. And rest to up. Rest. And it, well, then, well, then it literally gets like I think so. It's July third, July tenth, seventeenth. Okay, so 29th, and then it's August fifth, and yeah. So, so it gets they, back they, to normal. It gets back to not having <laughs> two games a week every week. But I mean, you got to also look into the fact that they've now blown through you know a lot of their season, like, and they've basically they're sitting now. They are sitting. Um, they are sitting in tenth place. They are three points out. Again, other teams have games to play, but I mean they're three points out basically of being back and forth. Um, but I mean this has been a real this is a real problem. This is this is your defending championship team, and you've basically punished them um, for success. And I think that is incredibly terrible of the league uh, to to do that and to and to cause this team to. And it just honestly, there should never be situations in professional sports where a team has to play a midweek game and then the other team gets a bye. MLS has done that before, and uh, it's always bad. And, and this is just this is on this on steroids. I'm pretty sure I think what the the cur- I'm pretty sure Gotham FC had a week break between their game. Yep, they had a week break between their game um, between Angel City and the Spirit. So very cool, very um, cool. Yeah. Uh, so the, let's talk about let's talk about the games. Uh, the Red Star sure. game first with a midweek game last week, before they play them again this midweek. Uh, highlights there really. Sam Stobbs' goal off of uh, a free kick, I believe, really was it was a was a great goal, great headed goal for her. Uh, the team, you know, it was it was a battle throughout the whole match. All of our sort of skill players were unable to break through. They had uh, the the shots on goal were even five to five. Um, you know, I thought they it, played. I, I thought they played well in this game. I think the first like, 10, 15 minutes was not great. Um, of course, they get you know they get uh, I think a goal off of uh, Ashley Hatch that's ruled offside. Um, that's it's really close on the on the replay. The yep. the, <laughs> the announcers were like, "Oh yeah, it's offside." I'm like, mm, "That's close. That's really close." With that with the, with the wonderful camera angles we get from CBS and Paramount and Twitch. Um, it's both kind of camera angles and uh, 480p to 720p, depending oh, yeah. on broad, broadband speed. Uh, We're just lucky we have a scoreboard, right? It's that's true. The... That's true. <laughs> so uh, um, at, le- at least yeah. they were able to come back from a losing position. I think that that was that was super important, particularly as the fact that they knew they had another game coming up. So if out of these two games, you want to maximize points at home, you would have hoped for a win. But they have been pretty well. uh hexed by Chicago at Segar Field in the last two years. So, you know, you take what you can get when you can get it, particularly in this in this setting. They're they're just that you want to get out without sort of major injuries, which I believe they did. I don't think in this game there were any major injuries. Is that correct? 
Yeah, that's great. I mean, they lost uh, Trinity Robin to COVID protocols. That was probably the major one. I think the rest of them were kind of, you know, uh, Keller Harris still out with an injury. Their injury list, they had to sign a. Um, <laughs> yes, they, they did sign, sign a, a replacement player. A replacement player, yep. So, um, but their their injuries are still, I don't think they came around with any major injuries out of this game, but um, it definitely looked like this team had one team. It looked like in the next game against Gotham, one team had played in the midweek and the other team did not because the spirit were incredibly rough, uh, incredibly rough in the moment. Uh, one moment, one moment from the, from the, I, I think it was the Chicago game. Um, just a lot of, particularly as the game wore on, just a lot of like really just bad defensive timings um, on passes. There were passes that were, you know, dispossessed easily. I'm pretty sure I can't remember if it was actually the Gotham game or the Chicago game, but Anna Halfordy had a, not so great ball that end up getting pickpocketed and very, very lucky that the shot was directly at Aubrey Bledsoe um, on that, on that one opportunity. But I mean, just the, the Gotham game was just pure exhaustion from this team. Just pure exhaustion for the first half. They got a little better as the game went on, but it was just, it was just really bad. You talking about the Gotham game now? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't got, get a chance to catch that game. So that, the, the, uh, and as far as on the Gotham side, that that was, when did that goal? When did they concede? I think I see that goal in the twenty first minute. It was that was honestly like Aubrey Bledsoe. We know is like a better keeper, <laughs> and that moment um, did not uh, douse herself in glory. In that moment, it was sort of a ball rolled around. She gets down for it. Um, you're going to go down for that ball. You better recover it. Uh, I think she gets like her hands on it, and it just kind of slips through. And um, I believe um, a Margaret Pruce is right there to sort of recover it. Uh, Sam Stab, I believe, goes to try to make a recovery play on it, but the ball's over the line. Uh, pretty easy goal call there um, from the officials, even though they don't have any replay or any anything like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, just and just a rough performance overall offensively. Not a whole lot of opportunities. The one opportunity came sort of late, I believe, in late in the first half. Was a ball over the top to Ashley Hatch, uh, shot save. I think when that when that goal did not go in, I was like, I don't think this game is going to end well. <laughs> I, I I thought that was it. I was like, this team just has no energy. They had one opportunity they could to like tie this game, maybe see this out as a point and sort of take this as a positive. Uh, the second half, they were just, it was just, they were just dead on their legs. And um, I think Gotham weren't really pressed to push the game or to try to get results. Um, and I think the team was, I think, fortunate on a couple of occasions not to go down by more. A lot of misplayed shots. Um, not to say that every team isn't suffering from some exhaustion, but um, it's just it, that was really it. Um, so not not a not a strong performance from this team, but you can excuse it based right. on what this team has had to go through. Um, so what do we think? What do we think about the? So what are our points projection for the next two games here this week? Honestly, one point. Yep. I, same. Yeah, I, I think maybe they pick up a. Maybe they pick up a now the courage are in their five games have been bad. They made the final. I don't know what's exactly going on. So maybe they can pick up a win. I think if you get a win in either one of these games, I think you got to take this as a successful, regardless of what happens in the other in the other in the other game. Yep. I, agree. Um, I, I think at this point, I think at this point, you're trying to set yourself up a little bit. So I think if I am, you know, if I'm Chris Ward, you know, maybe I'm looking at you know, maybe I'm looking at an opportunity here to rest some players. Hopefully we get um, Trinity Robin back from COVID. I think that would be massive. Maybe you're targeting that. Um, maybe you're targeting that, uh, that game NC against game. the, yeah, the game against the courage um, as an opportunity for her to come back 
um, and B. I, I don't know what the protocols have as far as how long she has been out or when she picked it up. So um, we'll yeah, find that out soon. We will. We will. It's gonna it, be a it's, it's gonna be a rough road, but uh, I think hopefully bright spots are in, bright spots are ahead as the team gets rest. Um, they're not playing in the International Challenge Cup. I think really it's just going to be, I, I think if I'm Chris Ward, I'm like, let's get what we can out of this game. Let's see where we are in the standings. And then we have to maximize our points. Um, I, I don't want to say this team is in trouble, I guess, from a playoff perspective. Um, I think they're in trouble from a hosting playoff games perspective from maybe the goals they had at the beginning of the year of being like a top team in the league. Um, I think it's been incredibly disappointing. And the worst part is it's not their fault. It's not their fault what they've had to go through. So. Yep. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it for this episode, the combined episode, Kindred Spirits United 96 Classic Edition, however you want to call it. It's fine. Right. We'll be back next week uh, for, I guess, well, DC are still out. Man, these, it'll these be a similar, it'll be, I think it'll be a similar classic episode. <laughs> be a similar classic episode, unless they sign Edison Floor, unless there's some transfer news. Who knows what's coming up? Oh, we didn't talk U.S. men's national team. Oh, well. oh bummer. Well, oh, bummer. Oh, bummer. Oh, darn. Well, well. It's okay. Uh, they, they, they played games of soccer. There we go. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos.